G'day and welcome back to Talking Leadership TV. Thank you for joining us again. I'm very much looking forward to sharing some new podcast content around this thing called leadership with you in 2024 and beyond. A little different to previous podcast outings around leadership pathway. I'll be looking at three new areas, including challenges to leadership, developing our leaders and entrepreneurs, and reflective leadership practice. I know you'll enjoy the insights and views from the guests that have agreed to share their wisdom with us. So without further ado, I would like to thank my first guest in this new podcast series, Anita Hobson-Powell. Anita spoke with us late into 2023 around her leadership pathway and I asked her back to start this new podcast series looking at the issue of reflective leadership practice. And to begin with, Anita was the former CEO of Exercise and Sports Science Australia. She was in that role for 17 years, so with two decades of experience, she took that organisation to the heights that it's at at the moment, and she's demonstrated a real commitment to health, sports and fitness. Her academic journey included a Bachelor of Applied Science in Human Movement, which was complemented by two master's degrees in both science and business. And she's also included in her studies a graduate certificate in company directorship, which added to her experience in the role, has given her a profound understanding of both theory and practice in her area of expertise. Her influence is not only extended into what has been achieved at Exercise and Sports Science Australia. She's also the current serving chair of the National Alliance of Self-Regulating Health Professions and has also contributed significantly in the past through board positions with Gymnastics Australia as chair of Gymnastics Queensland and as vice chair of Allied Health Professions Australia. I'd like to thank Anita for her time, but as always enough from me, I would like to hand over to Anita to kick off the discussion around reflect leadership practice. Anita, thanks for joining me again. And I really do appreciate you coming back to the podcast. For those that haven't been uh, watching or listening to the podcast, shame on you. And please, um, please engage with the content, particularly the discussions I've had, the discussion I had, sorry, with Anita previously. And um, just offline, we're having a chat about some things. And the one thing that struck me when we first spoke is that um, I got the impression that you're a reflective kind of human being and so ties in nicely with what I'm looking to do with extending those discussions around reflective leadership practice. So thank you for joining me again, mate. Oh, welcome. No no problems at all. (laughs) So this one is going to be what I'm calling as much as you can in the time that we've got a deeper dive into the, the world of reflective leadership practice and that I firmly am in the camp of and of the belief that being a reflective leader practitioner is critical to being better at the craft of leadership as well as providing um, a platform of sorts to review your own thinking and to try and make yourself not just a better leader but a better human being in sort of looking deeper inside yourself and saying, well, why, why did I make that decision or what could I have done differently or um, what needs to change in my own practice is going to make me better as a leader and then in brackets maybe a better human being in that role uh, as a leader. My, my perspective, not yours, Anita. So um, can I start at the beginning by asking you, how did you grow your understanding of yourself as a leader? 
Um, I would say one of the the key things was um, really doing some type of leadership course assessment annually every second year where possible where it sort of challenged you to understand and reflect on yourself as, as a leader. I would say um, I did this course um, in early 2023 uh, which really focused on this and and some of the activities you had to do I had never really looked at in the past but it really gave me some really strong insights as to who you are as a leader and how how you show up and so I'll just go through some of the activities because it it's it, they're different and I really at the, at the time I just was like why are we doing this but it all sort of started to make sense as we got through the activity so one was you know just going through what your values are as as a person and how do you show up with these values because you know you're at your work a third of your life you know so there is going to be crossovers and I think it, it makes a lot more sense is if you're displaying your values as a person in your leadership style so you know really be comfortable and understanding what your values are as, as a person the next um, activity was uh, you had to think about you had this surprise 80th birthday party and who turned up so the closest people that in, you've impacted on, who were they? And so you really had to sit back and go, gosh, across my life, who have I actually had an impact? And then you had to think of, well, what were they going to say to you? And so it really sort of, you had to sit back and close your eyes and really think about, you know, how you've shown up to these people and the difference that you've made. And the last one, it was slightly morbid, but it just went that next step of, you're at your funeral and you're looking down and what are people are saying and it and you had to think about your leadership and the, again your your impact and it was actually quite emotional these activities around you know like I said one of them was quite quite morbid but you really had to think about well how do you think people are perceiving you as a person how are you having an impact on their life is this actually how you want to show up and if it's not, what are you going to do about it? So you've got time to make changes in your life. So, you know, it's it's very a very different exercise to what we've probably traditionally done to think about yourselves as a leader and, and understanding yourselves. But you're putting yourself in a different context and really reflecting on, you know, the impact on people's lives because that's normally the time you hear about the impact that you're having on, on people. Um, and I would say the last thing, and look, I've done many of these, there's probably every year, every second year, I do a different type of personality or leadership assessment. So I reckon I've done about 10 different ones over the years and they tell you different things, but I think it helps you understand your style, um, how it's changed over time. So, you know, I've been in a leadership role 17 years, how I was a leader and understanding my style when I first started to now is very different. So, you know, what have I done differently? How am I showing up? How how do, um, you know, particularly when you do 360 ones, you know, how, how does your immediate family see you show up versus your direct 
um, colleagues versus the next level down versus your board member, you know, like they all see you slightly differently. So, you know, it gives you an understanding as to, well, is this the way you want to show up or do you want to do something slightly different? So for me, it's just always being inquisitive and, and you know, having that time set aside to go, right, I need to sort of check in on me and, you know, is is this who I want to be? And if it's not, what am I going to do about it? That idea of what others think of you as a leader and what impact you may or may not have had on them is can come to the fore if I can, if I can use that as a way to segue into a couple of thoughts here around you don't really know or don't really have a sense of your impact until key events might happen in your career. And again, this is just my perspective. So again, offline, we talked about you moving on to uh, different things after, let's call it two decades of of service to uh, an organization and all that that would entail and the massive amounts of work that you obviously put in in that time that until you leave that space, those questions become more prominent in your mind. And I, I would hazard a guess that you've impacted a lot of people in your time in your previous roles and in those roles that come up related to your uh, previous role. And um, I, like you, think about these things in my, in my opinion for me, uh, and this is about me, probably too much around what people thought of me. And when you do find out what that might be, good or bad, you, you put all sorts of attributions as to why that is when, in effect, a lot of the people you're meeting your travels are, probably acquaintances at the best and don't really know the real you. However, in your work, and this is where I think the key difference is, is that you have to bring your value set into your job. And if you're not reflecting your values, I think people's BS radar is attuned enough to know that this isn't the real person. I've got somebody here leading me, but they're not necessarily the person I thought they might be. And um, I, I would never counsel anyone to put on a false front because that gets found out very quickly except for those key narcissists in the world that we've all had to work with at one point or another that do that very well but um this podcast is not about those people so um anita you did flag the next topic area around making time to reflect on your own practice so this one's a it's it's one question but it's in two parts um do you make time to reflect on your leadership practice or do you reflect after key decisions or a key event? Uh, both for me, for me. Um, so for the first one, I like, I definitely try and, and do some type of time out to reflect on my leadership style, you know, do a course, go um, do a leadership assessment, just, just take that time and often um you know I I would have end of year reviews with with my president and that was often one of the key times you would reflect on on how how you were going but I was definitely I wouldn't even say it was key events or key decisions I would say almost daily there was some kind of reflection if not daily every second day or you know a couple of times a week you know it's it's sometimes it's a hour-long reflection so um you know you could be 
driving home and and thinking about things or when you go on on a walk or something or you're on the treadmill you know I would be always thinking and reflecting on on stuff or sometimes it was honestly it was about a two minute you know reflection on something so it really depended on um I guess what I wanted to to think about but um there's there's a couple of things there around you know we were as an organization really trying to have reflective practice as a core principle within the organization so um it wasn't just to consider the organization and how we could do things better but it was to give people the opportunity to also reflect on what they could have done differently what did they do well so um and we had them in place after key events is we got together and we would we would look at those things but there would be little things like um you know how did I go when having a difficult conversation with someone or how did it how did a meeting happen with an internal external stakeholder how 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 did I present how did I show up how did I go at a board meeting you know did did I get across the message I want did did they understand so I would always reflect on on those situations. So for me, it was just it was a almost a daily habit of having some type of of reflection. Um, it's probably just part of my personality of always trying to do better or being tough on yourself that you want to do better. But for me, is I think that as a leader, you need to display that this is a core value um, that we want as an organization that it is not um I think some people always see is oh you're just going to get all the negative and criticism it's no it's not it's the time where you're here where you're doing well as well but it is you know this reflective practice that leads to continuous improvement and it's something that should be embraced but I think a lot of people are just have this fear of what this looks like um so for me I guess it it sometimes it was a low time like I said it was on my drive home or I went for a walk sometimes like you said before as a CEO it can be a very lonely role so um I was had a couple of very close CEOs from other organizations that I would call and have a chat with or a debrief sometimes they might have been involved with the situation and we'd talk about it I've had mentors and coaches over the time. So sometimes it's been working through the reflections with them. Uh, sometimes it's been with my husband because he has a different uh, view on the world as well. So, you know, I, I wouldn't say there's ever a, one process, but for me is, you know, making sure that it's part of my process, part of my leadership journey is, you know, making sure that there is time to, think about things can in some ways understand why reflection sometimes is not at the forefront given how busy some people are and some people have made the argument to me in previous discussions around it's so busy just trying to get the doing of the work out of the way that reflection is a luxury and I can understand that to a point but if you don't reflect at any time what does that what does that um lead to in terms of longer term sustainability as a leader and whether or not you're open to learning from that process and and this is where this gets complicated in some senses that if you don't have that 
ongoing lifelong learning approach to some of this, then reflection is maybe not something that's front of mind for you. Would you agree, disagree with that, Anita? Yeah, look, I, I think uh, going back to your earlier statement is I actually don't understand how you can be an effective leader of people if you're not doing reflective learning. Like you cannot, um, you cannot get your connection with your team. You cannot, you will have stakeholders. So for, you know, the two of us, we're a membership body. So we're, if we're not listening to our members and reflecting on how we're showing up for them, then are we doing a good job? So for me that I I think, yeah, it, it needs to be something that is in place. I don't think, you know, when people say, oh, I don't have time, some of this literally is a two-minute reflection on how how has something gone you know will how did people react you know you could ask yourself a simple question how will people react to this will this lead to change could I do something differently next time you know like there you can just ask yourself one question and I think it leads to that is reflective practice it doesn't need to be this big big moral as to do it but I, I don't think that you are enshrined with your people at all at any level if you're not using the feedback they're giving you if you're not reading the room as to the body language that they're giving you you know you do have to have some emotional intelligence in this space as well to do your reflective learning but yeah for me it's just it just needs to be enshrined in in what you're doing and if you're making an excuse then I don't think you're a good leader at all sorry yeah, 100%. And in fact, um, you you make a really good point at the end there around what does reflection need to look like? And what I didn't want to do in um, branching out with this type of discussion, and it's well worth, I think, putting on the record that I'm not here, and I know you're not here to assess the quality of the reflection. Just the reflecting alone, I think, is a good starting point. You'll be your judge around whether or not the quality of that reflection meets a certain standard and yeah. you'll get that feedback externally as time uh, clicks along. And again, you've helped me segue to the next question around this idea that reflective practice is sometimes considered an individual pursuit. Do you take in external feedback to reflect on your own leadership practice? And, and before you answer, you've given some hints that you do, but I'll, I'll get it more formally as a response here, if that's cool. Yeah, absolutely, and I I think it comes in different different ways. So um, I'm going to say external feedback can be from internal people too. So I guess it's it's that in, it's um, just not you thinking, but you know, like I would ask direct questions of what could I do better, or how can I help you do your job better, or is my leadership style working for you? 
you know, and getting that that feedback because, you know, you could think something's working and then they're going, yeah, I don't like how you do this or I prefer it if you showed up this way or, you know, give a little less advice on this. So, um, yeah, so ask, I, I would ask direct, direct questions and sometimes that was formalised. So we would have these specific questions through probation periods. So your direct reports, you would be asking these questions. So you could actually help them do their jobs better in their um, mid-year reviews, end-of-year reviews. There was always a question and it was part of helping you reflect as a leader and what you could do better. So you kind of, it it did force leaders to, in our organisation at least, to, you know, take that on board, whether they actually did in the end, is like you said, is a, a different situation. Um, but, you know, I think there's also around... Um, getting feedback on your leadership style with um, stakeholders. So um, whether that's individually or as an organisation, um, we actually engage an external consultant to do um, a stakeholder uh, sentiment piece of work to show, you know, and one of the series of questions was, how were we leading the organisation in the industry? What could we do better? And so it was very pointed questions around how are we doing, how are we not doing? And, and sometimes you were like, oh, I'm a bit shocked as to how this is, they see us as leaders. So um, I, I do think it is, is critical. Um, however, I think before you do that, I think it's really critical that when you go down this pathway that you are open, you know, like there's no point asking these questions or getting this external advice and all you do is want to jump down someone's throat and defend what you're doing or argue argue back. Um, and so what I used to do with my um, leadership team, I actually learned this, this acronym and it was to use for a different strategy, but I actually thought it was a, really good strategy here and the acronym is called wait w-a-i-t why am i talking so if you're you're trying to understand how you're doing and you you're wanting this feedback stop talking just listen if you are not listening if the only talking should be questions to get more information to help you if you're going to go but how come why any of those words you're you're actually you're not reflective learning you have been completely dismissive and so you know I have worked with some of my team over the time of just listen ask questions to better help you understand but don't react don't be defensive and that is a hard skill for some people. And some people just don't want to hear the feedback that have been given. You know, it, it is hard. So I think as soon as you're going, you know, I think external feedback is really important. But I think if you're not comfortable in that space, you need to come up with strategies to make it meaningful, to help you go through the process so that it actually is going to help you and you actually want to use that information. Very insightful. I, I believe that that argument, the discussion around not being able to take feedback asks a lot of the individual leader and the biggest ask 
for the leader is let go of your ego and let the feedback come in because it's not most times, 99% of the time, I believe the feedback that's coming back from external sources, whether they're outside the organization or from uh, senior people or your board of directors internally is to make the organization better by making and enhancing your leadership practice. And I think the hardest thing to do is let go of ego and not conflate feedback with feedback that is of a personal nature or something that's at your core. And and this is where this, I think, gets tricky is that, and I'm, I'm as guilty of this as the next person is, you bring a lot of yourself into the leadership role. And so when your process is questioned, are they questioning the process or are they questioning you? And yeah. if if you can pull those two things aside, I think you can get some really good learning out of it. And I think the signal that's sent out within the organisation that you're prepared to do that and or fess up and go, yeah, I stuffed that up, this needs to change, it suggests that you are human, you're not a superhuman that makes every decision, every decision is the correct decision or at least perceive that way. And that brings other people in. Now, that all that being said, leaders are there to make decisions and sometimes they're not going to be like that. It's not necessarily a reflection on your process more that somebody didn't like an outcome to a particular process. And sometimes it's sort of suck it up buttercup because that's the, that's the nature of making decisions in leadership positions. But all the process behind that, I think that's open to discussion at all times. And And like you said, and I'll, I'll agree with this because there's no way I, I personally can disagree, is that you, you're going to have to take some good good feedback with the not so good and look at it as constructive in that sense rather than a destructive form of feedback. Because if you're at that stage in your own organisation and all feedback is destructive, then you've got other problems that have maybe nothing to do with the leadership and something more to do with the culture of the place, but that's a that's a completely different discussion. Not not for right now. I'm very keen to understand what tips you can give other leaders around being a good, sorry, an effective reflective practitioner. Yeah, so I'll probably pull in a few things that we've we've already spoken about. It is is that you know it, you need to see this as part of your your tool belt that you as a leader are doing so um if you're not doing it you need to start and i i would probably say the easiest is to start with big events big decisions you know take take 30 minutes after those to sit down either individually or even with a team to go through and reflect on on how it went how you made decisions how you showed up what you would do differently next time but you know, I, I think you just need to then gradually increase it. But, you know, my my tip is it doesn't need to be a big process all the time. Like I said before, some of it is asking yourself one question and you can get it done in two minutes. So, you know, no matter what it works for you, I think you need to just work out a system and start tomorrow. Um, the other thing is um, making sure that people are aware that you're undertaking this process so like I said before is you you could have this more formalized process in the organization but you know as a leader you know we want to display the behaviors we want throughout the rest of the organization and and as a leader like you said before is a lot of this process is to make sure the organization is doing better so 
Um, you want to make sure that the organization is going through this process. And then as a leader, you also want to help your colleagues grow in their own ability. So you want them to do reflective um, uh, learning as well. So for me, it is you need to show that you're doing it. So, you know, it could be little things of what you say to them is, you know, I've reflected on our discussion or I've reflected on a decision I made and this is what I've learned or I've noticed at a meeting I was doing this and and this is how you reacted or, you know, you're, you've taken on some feedback and you actually, you don't make a big deal of it, but you implement some kind of change to show you've thought about it and, yep, okay, I need to do this better and, and do stuff. So I, I think the key thing is you need to make sure that people are aware of what you're doing. Um, and I, I'd go to that last one that I've talked about before of the example of weight is, you know, external feedback is critical and you need to develop the skills to make sure that people are comfortable in giving you open, honest feedback. And if you're going to be a person that is really dismissive of what they're going to say, then they're going to stop it. So, um, yeah, make sure that you actively are listening and you are taking on board. And so sometimes you need to just give yourself space afterwards. I've had a couple of staff members, you kind of knew their their behaviour is you would have these discussions, give them feedback, they weren't happy at the time, and they'd come back 24 hours, sometimes 48 hours, without a doubt and go, I've thought about what you said and I agree and blah, 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 blah. So you kind of get to know what people are like when you're giving feedback or some of it will take it on board straight away. But you'll know and you'll work out, like I said, I had these two stuff. Like one, it was 48 hours. The other was 24 hours. They They would come around and they would go, yep, I've thought about it. Yep, you're right. This is what I'm going to do instead. So, you know, I think that's important when you're, you're dealing with getting external feedback is how are they going to react? How are you going to react? Are they going to know that you're going to need 24 hours <laughs> to talk to them about it again? Or are you going to make it a pleasant experience? And they go, yep, I'm happy to rock up to their door and give them the feedback anytime. Yeah, very, very hard but fun decisions to be involved with getting um, getting your staff into a situation where they feel that they're comfortable enough to have those conversations because I, I think these discussions and I might get your uh, perspective on this if I could, that if you've developed, created, fostered, whatever the best word is here, an environment where it's a, um, a safe enough, I hate the word safe space, a safe enough environment to have those conversations, then all things are on the table within reason and the discussion can be a productive one. What I think sometimes leaders miss, and I've I've had people give me feedback on this in their own practice, is that there's always this power relationship between the boss and those subordinates in an organisation. So how much your reports are going to actually be willing to give up is... um, is I think a variable of how long they've known you and whether or not you've built up an environment of trust. And I think once you get to that stage, it makes it a lot easier to have those um, conversations. And they can be difficult ones around reflecting on not just your own leadership practice, but those of others, because I, I, 
I think what you're alluding to is as you're helping others to develop their own practice, then if they see you doing this, then that's a pretty big indicator that this is something you need to be thinking about in your own practice as a way to get either better decision-making, achieve goals, whatever that end point might look like. So uh, words of wisdom there, Anita. Thank you for your time. This has been great, mate. No worries. Thank you. Like it. Like you, you alluded to, yes, I, I do like to think probably way too much, um, but I just think it's, it's critical if you're going to move the organisation forward, if you're going to grow as a person. But as I mentioned, you know, half our job as, as leaders is to grow those around you. And so, you know, you need to help them and display what's what's good leadership. Agreed. For those listening, I've been speaking to Anita Hobson-Powell. Again, Anita, thank you for joining me today. No problems. Thanks for the invitation, Eric. Thanks, everyone, for either watching the video cast or listening to the podcast. A lot more of this content to come, including some other areas of leadership that we'll be exploring into the rest of 2024. Thanks again. Have a good day, rest of your week, and we'll catch everyone on the next episode of Talking Leadership TV.